0: The name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Our readings today are, I'll say harsh, but they're, but they're definitely uh, readings that, that talk about the importance and urgency and um, frankness about the kingdom of God. Uh, and to beginning with the Jeremiah passage, which sort of picked up in the middle in a a strange way, talking about dreamers. But really, it was, Woe to you, shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. That is, those priests and and teachers and prophets who are in charge of leading the people of Israel therefore says the Lord you've scattered my flock and driven them away and not attended them behold I'll tend to you for your evil deeds then I'll gather the remnant of my flock and care for them and raise up other shepherds and this is how this passage really begins where, where it talks about dreamers and if I I should have brought a hammer. Right? <laughs> It's it's August. You need a ham- You need like a prop to wake people up now. In the middle of summer, this long green Pentecost season. Where's my hammer to pound on the word of God? But but this is the the point isn't obviously that the dreams that God can't use dreams. Um, just that dreams do not replace the word of God. I mean, Israel was saved basically by Joseph interpreting the dreams of Pharaoh and bringing the whole tribe of Israel down to Egypt and and them being saved. But, But what was happening here is that the kings wanted to hear certain things. And so the priests would say, I had a dream. That's exactly what we should do. We certainly should invade that other country. We certainly should build altars to this other God. We I had a dream that that was that this is an okay thing to do. Not um, that, no, the word of God says, don't do this. Um, the word of God, as, as God says, is not, do I do not have my word? And if the prophets should proclaim my word over and above those who are in power. Over and above those who might threaten you, or likewise might build you up. You might gain politically and financially for telling people exactly what they want to hear, but now you have destroyed my sheep. You. And this is the passage in Hebrews, in a lot of ways, is, is the same type of passage that, that the writer to the Hebrews is, is going back. We have to sort of go back a ways a little bit um, to this. Therefore, this is in chapter 10, therefore... We have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let's consider how to stir up one another to love in good works, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And he continues with this message about faith, and we started it last week when we heard, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And we go through the whole basic Old Testament beginning of with God creating the universe and Abel and Abraham and Esau and Jacob and Joseph and Moses. And now today we pick up at the Israelites going through the Red Sea and then talking about uh, the conquering of Jericho and Rahab and the various judges and the kings of Israel who, uh, who God blesses uh, to, to build up. And then diverts from those, those sort of blessings into these prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah who begin to suffer for their faith, who are thrown into prison, who are, who are killed, who are martyred for their faith, and ends with, and all of these are witnesses to, to faith. These, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, did not receive that gift of, of, of Jesus yet. Um, this promised gift of the resurrection. And so now we are surrounded by these great cloud of witnesses and let us lay aside every weight, every sin which clings so closely and run with endurance the race that is set before us. This, is a, it's a, this, is, this word witness, which we often use as, as a testimony, right? Really, this is, this is the normal church way to use witness. I give testimony. They're a living witness for the love and grace of God. Their life is a witness to the things that God has done for them, and that's true. But also, they're witnesses like spectators, like in an arena, that they're witnessing us running the race that is set before us. That we hear this, this description. Of, of really the description of all saints, of the feast of all saints, all saints, past, present, future, gathering together as witnesses of, of encouragement as we run that race together. And he's saying, something new has taken place. These all these in the Old Testament that we look to as heroes of faith. We're heroes of faith for something they couldn't even see, something they could just hope for. We have experienced the glory, holy power of Jesus. This cross and resurrection and ascension. We must run and continue that hope of faith, encouraging one another towards acts of love, being gracious to one another, building up one another, meeting together as one. And this is what Jesus is talking about in the gospel today. Jesus is on the way to the cross, right? And he says, I have a baptism that I have to go through. I have a fire that I'm kindling, and I wish it were already kindled. And people talk about this often as as some sort of judgment passage. This isn't a judgment passage. This is a purification passage. We are called to be refined by the fire of Jesus. And that all those things that distract and detract from the kingdom of God and from the purpose of living for Jesus are cast out. Those things that the dreamers of Jeremiah talked about, where, where their concern was their own political financial gain. And God says, you're destroying my sheep because your priorities are in the wrong place and you're leading my sheep astray with lies against my word. Jesus is saying the same thing. There's a fire that needs to come upon us in order to rid those things that are, that are, that are not good that are not holy, that are not things that God would have us focus on. We hear this in other parts, right? We hear this in other passages of, of there's nothing of separating the wheat and the chaff, and the chaff just gets burned in the fire. Again, this isn't really a judgment passage. It's more there's fruit that lives within us that needs to be cultivated, that needs to grow, and chaff that lives within us that needs to Burn away. And Jesus here is talking in passage of urgency. There's justice that needs to take place. There's a shift that needs to take place. The kingdom of God is here upon us that needs to reign over the things of this world. Blessed of the poor in spirit, right? This this whole this whole aspect of, of that we just heard last week. Don't, don't be anxious. The lilies of the field are clothed by God. The birds of the air are fed by God. You're way more important than birds or flowers. How much more will you be cared for by God? Don't be anxious. Put your treasure in the things of God. And this is a continuation of that whole, that whole passage. I wish I could kindle this fire in you right now that you know, that you could see, that you could experience the love and power and healing grace of God. We're already in you, and you're not so anxious by all the things that are around you. And do you not see the things that are around you are not the things to put your trust in? You can't put your trust in Rome. You can't put your trust in Nationalism and thinking that Israel is going to be raised up—you can't put your trust in false messiahs. You can't put your trust in the temple. You can't put your trust in these things. Don't you see? Right, this is where you—don't you see? You know how to interpret the sky. You know when the clouds start looking for like this, you better get the animals inside. It's time for the picnic to be done. We got to move Ida Cox into the Ritz, right? You know. You know it's time. You look, up, you look up in the sky, you know what, what time it is. If you can figure out from the sky what you need to do, you should be able to figure out these things of God. You should be able to interpret the things that are going on around you. This is the encouragement that that's given to us as well, and, and we continue we skip that the little parable for some reason. But there's another little parable of of why do you judge for yourselves what is right as you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and the officer puts you in prison and I tell you you won't get out till you pay the very last penny. It's sort of a strange thing, but it really goes to why do you not, why do you judge for yourselves what is right? Why do you think you're so right? that you're going to take your brother to court. And you might be wrong. And you might lose everything. Why don't you go to your brother and try to work things out? Why do you think so much you're right about everything that you're willing to put your hands into someone else? Jesus is, is looking and pushing for a community of, of faithful believers and followers who long to love one another, who long to love their neighbor, who long to seek justice, who long to give to the poor, who long to care for the widow and the orphan, who long to set things right in the world for the glory of God. This is what Jesus has come to bring forth new life, to cast sin out and to bring forth the Spirit of God into our hearts that we might have love and faithfulness and gentleness and kindness and self-control and goodness and, and this fruit of the Spirit to permeate the world rather than those aspects of power that have been built up. And can you not see it? Can you not see it? He says, "You can see the weather." Can you not see this? And so these passages are really, really—you know—they're they're, not—they're not passages that end with like this solid application. And so, therefore, go do this. They're really, they're really passages that that come into us. Do we live by the word of God? Do we seek to live? by? by the word of God do we seek to live into the glory of who Jesus is do we walk in faith trusting that God will care for us and deliver us and bless us and understand that our brother and sister is just as important to God as we are to God that we're not always right that sometimes we need corrected do we have humility and compassion and care All of these things are sort of wrapped into one ball. And then Jesus says, and you need to do it quick. Like the time is now. They're they're difficult passages as we live into this this holy life of of understanding the, the great cloud of witnesses that surround us at the same time. Those from the beginning of the scriptures to ones who will be born centuries from now, that we are in this together to live faithfully for the glory of God. So uh, let's pray, Lord. We we thank you that you have given Jesus to us to live and to die. For us, to be ascended, to pray for us, to send forth your Spirit. Fill us, O oh Lord, with the Spirit. Fill us with urgency, with excitement, with love. May we live fully into your life and word. May we live fully into your glory of care and concern. May we be refined by the fire of your love and be fully dependent upon your glory. Come, Lord Jesus, and anoint us this day to live fully in your kingdom now and forever.